Yeah, thank you, Brother Terry. I was afraid Terry is going to make everybody stand and sit and stand and just get everybody all upset and then turn to me and say, now you preach to them. <laughs> Blessed is the peacemaker. Luke chapter 17, if you brought your copy of God's Word. I want to thank Dr. Baldwin, Gene Baldwin, for filling in last week for me. I... Uh, well aware by now that I had an opportunity to go to First Baptist Church Decatur. I presented them a plaque from our church to their church. And um, it was the Good Samaritan plaque. Shared with them as the only plaque of that type that we presented. And it would be the only plaque that we'd present. And so I appreciated what they did for us during our rebuild. And they had not seen any of the... Some had, but most, majority had not seen anything any of the video clips after we would got in the building. And so while I shared just um, a few general comments about that, they were reviewing those uh, pictures on the screen. And so they appreciated our church doing that. And so I, then I preached, and I appreciate Brother Gene Baldwin, fantastic person, great preacher. I got up Monday morning, 2 o'clock in the morning, and listened to that worship service. And fantastic service, and uh, Brother Gene, great sermon. Well, how's your wife doing, David? Pretty neat, isn't it? How's your family doing? Pretty neat. Thank you. Drove the home, the, the corn home, real good. Luke chapter seventeen. I want to share with you a sermon that I just simply entitled "Get Up, Get Out, Get Back." Get up. Get out, get back. Luke 17, verse 11 and following. It came to pass as he, speaking of Jesus, went to Jerusalem that he passed through the midst of Samaria and Galilee. As he entered into a certain village, there met him ten men that were lepers, which stood afar off. They lifted up their voices and said, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. When he saw them, he said unto them, Go show yourself unto the priest. And it came to pass that as they went, they were cleansed. One of them, when he saw that he was healed, turned back and with a loud voice glorified God. And he fell down on his face at his feet, giving thanks. And he was a Samaritan. And Jesus answering said, Were there not ten cleansed? But where are the nine? They are not found that return to give glory to God, save this stranger. Some translations have this foreigner. And he said unto him, Arise, go thy way. Thy faith hath made thee whole. Thanksgiving is one of America's favorite holidays. However, unashamedful, or to its shame, really, we have to say that for the most in our culture today, Thanksgiving is identified with Macy's Parade, football games, turkey, turkey and dressing, more than a day to give thanks to God for the blessings that He's bestowed upon us. Thanksgiving Day meant something different to our forefathers. Our history as a nation reveals that our nation was settled by those 
who were followers of Jesus Christ. Now, out of ignorance, or to the surprise of many, we do live in a nation that began with a Christian heritage. Most of us remember being taught in elementary school, perhaps, how the first permanent settlement in the New World in America was settled by the pilgrims in Plymouth, or at Plymouth. The pilgrims were a group of Christian separatists who broke away from the Church of England. And on September the 16th, 1620, they sailed from Plymouth, England, to America, and one of the ships was the Mayflower. Before they landed, they signed a document known as the Mayflower Compact. This document declared that they were establishing a colony in the New World, and I quote, for the glory of God and the advancement of the Christian faith. Out of 103 who made that journey and landed at Plymouth, 51 died the first winter. After the harvest of the first year, Governor William Bradford proclaimed a day of thanksgiving, a day of thanksgiving and prayer. And the custom continued until Abraham Lincoln made it an official holiday after the days of the Civil War. And I'm sorry to admit that secularism, commercialism, has robbed Thanksgiving of its true meaning. All of a sudden we go from October and we see Christmas decorations and you might have an end cap in a store that has some fall napkins, plates, maybe a, a turkey that you would hang from the air or some, something of that nature. And then it's gone after a day or so. So no longer do we see our existence on this soil for the glory of God and the advancement of the Christian faith. If anyone on earth should be thankful, we who live in America should be thankful. Someone has noted that if you reduce the world population to 1,000 and place those 1,000 into one city, that 46 of that 1,000 would be Americans. 954 would represent the rest of the world. Those 46 that represented America, would receive one half of the income of that city. Those 46 people could expect to live to the age of 75, and the rest would live to around the age of 40. Those 46 would eat 70% of the daily food requirement, and the 80% would never get a balanced meal. And as bad as it may seem today, we are a blessed people. But I'm afraid we're not a thankful people. And that's not even excluding the church. Now God has a lot to say about ingratitude. Leviticus, or Luke, I'm sorry, 
Now, I'll mention Leviticus in just a moment, but Luke chapter 17, 11 through 19, gives a formula for putting thanksgiving into our lives and also gives us a formula about having wholeness and purpose of life. And so I want you to notice the narrative that we just read. Jesus is en route to Jerusalem. And he passes through this place called Samaria and Galilee and enters into a village. He encountered ten men who were lepers. And they were lifting up their voices and they were calling out for mercy. And Jesus spoke healing to them and he sent them to show themselves to the priest. Now, only one of those ten returned to give thanks to God for their healing. And so Jesus began to ask some, uh, he asked really a penetrating question, and he said, where are the nine? Now, today, I want to borrow an outline from Dr. O.S. Hawkins. He's the chief executive officer of the annuity board. And in this outline, he takes this passage and he uses three points to give three very unique characteristics that every Christian must have in order to have a purposed, fulfilled life. And I used his outline as the title of my sermon. Get up, get out, get back. First of all, get up. Get up. Now you'll see in this that this has to do with fortitude. Get up. Verses 11 through 13. I went to Webster, looked up the definition of fortitude. This is what Webster said. Strength of mind that enables a person to encounter danger or bear pain or adversity with courage. You've heard of those who had fortitude. They just have fortitude. They have that courage. Although they're going through adversity, they're going through pain. But they have this fortitude about them. It was this great fortitude that the pilgrims were able to survive the first winter there at Plymouth. Now, make sure that we really understand the picture of Luke chapter 17. Jesus is passing through a village... And he met, he's met by ten lepers. Now, no doubt they had heard reports about Jesus. How he had been able to restore sight to the blind. And how he had been able to uh, restore walk to those that were crippled. And how they perhaps heard that he had been able to heal lepers. So they would heard about Jesus. They would heard reports about him. And now they're standing afar off. And they're standing afar off because in the book of, in the law of Moses, the law required them to isolate themselves from people. A leper could not come within six feet of a person. A leper, if the wind was blowing, could not come within 50 yards of a person. That's half the distance of a football field. 
And then if someone approached them unknowingly that the person was approaching, the person unknowingly that they were approaching a leper, the leper had to shout, unclean, unclean, unclean. So you had these ten lepers. Now what did the lepers do when Jesus passed by? Well, the Bible says they got up. That's your fortitude. They got up. And not only did they get up, they shouted, and they said, Jesus, have mercy on us. Now, here's the point. Without the fortitude, they could have just sat there in a hopeless, helpless condition. Just sat there. But they had courage. They had strength. They had this fortitude to get up and call out to Jesus. Can you imagine the fortitude it took in all of their pain and all of their adversity and all of their embarrassment just to get up and call out to Jesus? There they sit with this dreaded disease. Leprosy is a mean disease. Leprosy eats away at the body And it begins with the facial features first. And then it goes down to the fingers. And we're told that the fingers and the hand actually become hardened like claws. And literally, at times, the fingers will just fall off the hand. And eventually, the hand will just fall off. And then the feet are just full of sores and they wrap the feet to where they can walk and and the feet become nothing more than just just bandaged stumps after a while. The odor of a leper was nauseating. Their appearance was likened to a ghost. Pale, ghostly. It's for certain that the leper had no competitor when it came to their disease. Here's the point. The leper suffered a long, slow, agonizing death in a colony that was separated from his family and from his friends. Outcast, shut out. Alone, shut off. Living a helpless, hopeless life. However, these ten men, they had determination to live. They had this fortitude about them. And they refused to give up. They refused to give in. And when they heard that Jesus was passing by, they got up. Because in Jesus, they had their answer in regards to their healing. It was in Jesus that they had their answer. Their answer was not found in the government. Their answer was not found in doctors. The answer was not found in some, some medication. The, the answer was not found in, in some program. What they needed in their life that could make a difference was the touch of Jesus Christ. And they got up. Now notice what they asked for. When they got up, they asked for mercy. They didn't ask for justice. 
They asked for mercy. They said, God, we don't deserve anything. Just give us mercy. Not justice. Don't give me justice for a wrong that someone's done to me. Don't give me justice how I was abused as a child or or perhaps a, a youth or an adult or a senior adult. I don't want justice. I just want mercy. Justice belongs to the Lord. Give that to Him. We need mercy. Give me mercy. Now here's the point. The Lord was passing by. The ten men got up with fortitude and they did not miss the master. Now let me ask you this question. Are you sitting by the road this morning? Are you sitting by the road and as far as you're concerned, you're just in a pitiful shape? You feel helpless? Perhaps you feel hopeless. You feel you feel helpless physically? Mentally, emotionally, socially, perhaps spiritually. And time after time, Jesus has passed by, but you have never had the fortitude to get up and call out to Him. You had rather sit in your miserable condition. You see their fortitude? Let me suggest to you, today is the time to get up. And it has to do with fortitude. You don't want to miss the master. So to have mercy, to have meaning, purpose in life, get up or you'll miss the master. Secondly, get out. I like that, get out. You need to get out. If you don't get out, you're going to miss the miracle. Look at verse 14. Verse 14 says, And when they saw them, or when he saw them, Jesus, he said unto them, here's where they're getting out, Go show yourselves unto the priest. Now notice what happens. Instruction was simply to go show yourself to the priest. And it came to pass that as they went, they were cleansed. As they acted upon the word of Christ, they were cleansed. Not prior, but as they acted, as they obeyed Christ, they were cleansed. Now, get the picture. They got up. They got out. They obeyed the Lord. The evidence of them obeying the Lord is their belief. You notice their attitude? My goodness gracious. They... You know, they're not healed at this point. They're still, they're still lepers. The law stated as a leper, you go show yourself to the priest to, to, to validate that you've been healed. They were still a leper. But obeying Christ, they began to go to the priest. And look at verse 14. And it came to pass as they went. That's important. They were cleansed. Keep in mind, according to Leviticus 13 and 14, only cleansed leopards were to go to the priest. I guess the priest kind of had a little input in that law. 
I want no leper around me unless they're clean. Here's a point to remember. To hear the command of God is one thing. To get up, to get out is one thing. But faith in the words of Christ is another thing. It all boils down to a single fact for the ten lepers and for you and for me. Here's the fact. The only way to test the value of the words of God is to act upon them. That's the only way. There are all different commands in the Bible. How many are you willing to act upon? How many of you are actually willing to devote yourself to, to be obedient to. The only way to test the value of the words of Christ is to obey what he says, obey his words. So the lepers took off at his word, and they started to walk and walking. Have you started walking? Has Christ commanded something to you, and you hesitate? Reading your Bible, praying, tithing, tending more, you know, tending Bible fellowship, whatever it is, witnessing to a neighbor. Has he commanded and you started walk, or are you just hesitating? Just kind of slowed down a little, or maybe perhaps even stopped? Gotten up? Maybe some have gotten up. We've gotten up, and we've started walking, and we haven't seen anything happen yet. But it will. So in order to have purpose and meaning in life, Get up or you'll miss the master. That's fortitude. Number two, get out or you'll miss the miracle. That's your attitude. Then I'll close with this. Get back or you'll miss the moment. That's gratitude. Look at verse 15 and 19. And one of them said, and one of them, when he saw, verse 15, that he was healed, he turned back and with a loud voice glorified God. One of them. Now, notice all of these ten were similar to some degree. They were all lepers. They all called upon the Lord. They all stepped out in faith. They all were healed. They all got up. They all got out. But the similarity ends there. Now, just... Stand with them on the road for just a moment. And they're standing on the road, and all of a sudden, uh, they're standing there and taking a breather. And all of a sudden, one of them said, Hey, you, you don't look as bad as you did a few minutes ago. In fact, uh, you, I don't see any leprosy on you. Well, I'm looking at you, and I don't see any leprosy. My goodness. And they realized that they were healed. And one of them said, hey, you know, I haven't hugged my wife in four years. I'm headed to the house. And off he went. Another one perhaps said, I haven't, I haven't hugged my little boy. I haven't even seen my newborn child in, in nine years. And I'm headed to the house. And off he went. And the other one said, you know, I haven't been to work. I haven't worked in my shop. And I love to do woodcraft work. And, and I'm, I'm, headed, I'm headed to the shop. And off he went. And one by one, they all ran off. All except one. All but one. Now, let me just say this. As you read the story, 
Those other nine are never heard of again. That's it. But one leper had to get back. That's gratitude. It's, you know, he, if he didn't get back, he would have missed the moment. Let me ask you this. We're about finished. Are you on the road today? Once in a crisis? Didn't know how it was going to work out? But you heard that Jesus was passing by, and you had the fortitude to get up, and you called out to Christ, and have mercy on me, and have mercy on my family, and have mercy on my children, and have mercy on my parents. And God heard your prayer. And all of a sudden, you look around, and everything's going good. You run on down the road. When the blessing came, you forgot to get back. You've missed the moment of gratitude. Verse 15, one of them, one of them, no doubt, stood shouting at those that were running down the road, let's go back. Let's go back. Let's go back. And that same one is shouting to you and shouting to me today. Need to go back. You need to go back. You need to go back. Notice in verse 15, he with a loud voice glorified God. I got off the elevator at Children's Hospital. I believe it was Thursday of last week. And... uh, going down to the lobby for just a moment. And I got on the elevator with this lady, and we were on the ninth floor. And on the way down, I said, well, do you have someone sick? And she said, well, I have a little five-year-old grandson. And I said, really, I got a nine-year-old grandson. And she said, let me tell you what the Lord did. She said, he was riding a front-end loader with his papa, and he leaned over. When he leaned over, a bucket some way hit him in the head, and he was brain dead. They called the family in. And I asked the doctor, Doctor, do you believe in prayer? Do you believe God can change this? And he says, well, yes, God could change it, but ma'am, he's, he's brain dead. And she said, I just called out to the Lord, and you know what? He heard my prayer. And he's healed my grandson, and he's up there running around on the ninth floor right now. He reminded me of this guy. Hey! And he cried out with a loud voice. My goodness. He glorified God. And she told me at the end, she said, listen, I, I said, well, I pastor a church in Phil Campbell. She said, well, I guess people think I'm crazy. I've been shouting and dancing all morning long. <laughs> That's the way this guy was. Jesus asked three rhetorical questions. Kindly wants us to reflect. Verse 17, notice what he said. And Jesus answered and said, were there not ten cleansed? Now, literally, that in the original it says the nine where? But where are the nine? Verse 17. They're not found that return to give glory to God, 
say the stranger. Literally, they were not any found who returned to give glory to God except this foreigner. And he said unto him, Arise, go thy way. Thy faith hath made thee whole. Now, here's what I wonder. Why didn't the nine return? Um, maybe they thought they deserved that miracle. You ever felt like you deserved it? Maybe, maybe they thought it was just their right to have it. You know, when, you, when I look and see a, a child that mother has left for whatever reason, and he doesn't have the nurturing of the mother influence in his life like I had growing up. Is it my right to have a mother like that? Or perhaps a child doesn't have the father figure in his life like I had when I grew up and was in my dad's scout troop and we had the best time even to the night of the afternoon that he died. Was it my right to have a father like that? Or maybe the parents that I had that took me to church and read a Bible story and knelt down at night and prayed with me and see children that don't have that opportunity if it wasn't for a van going by and somebody giving their time to do that. They never would hear about Jesus. Was it my right to have the opportunity to do that? Are you looking, you see parents perhaps have been troubled by problem children, and I was blessed to have, we had three children, one died at stillbirth after nine months, and two others have gone on and married, and bless our hearts. Was it my right to have children like that? Or maybe a spouse, their spouse has been unfaithful, and their heart's broken, and I've, I, Judy and I'll be married 43 years and New Year's Day. and I don't, You know, God just put her in my life because of what he had for me to do. Is it my right to have a wife like that? Our church, man, I, I've heard over the years disaster stories preachers would tell about churches the heartache and the pain that they experienced in churches. Man, just to have almost 36 years of good ministry, sweet ministry, sweet people, good deacons, great deacons. Was it my right to have that in my life? Go to a third world country. Think of the Philippines and what they're going through now. Is it my right that I had the right to be born where I was born here in America? Here's the point. I don't deserve any of that. It's just by the unmerited favor and the grace of God. And I hope Thanksgiving will be more than just football games and turkey and dressing and Black Friday for your life. The Lord Jesus is asking today, We're the nine. 
hell? Are there any of the nine here this morning? Any? Verse 19. Arise, go thy way. Thy faith hath made thee whole. You see, the Lord Jesus Christ, the Lord of this universe, just wants to be thanked. I noticed Dr. Hawkins pointed out, and I really like this. He said this. He says, the disease of sin is far greater than leprosy. One destroys the body. The other destroys the body and the soul. And then he ended with this. Desperation may bring you to Christ. But gratitude will keep you there. So this morning, will you get up, have some fortitude as Christ passes by? Will you get out? That's your attitude. And obey what he's asking you to do. Be willing to take God's word by faith. And then will you get back and just show some gratitude? Today, Jesus is passing by. But where are the nine? Let's bow our heads for a prayer. Heavenly Father, thank you for an opportunity we have to open your word. And Lord, for a number of years, I've looked through passages about thanksgiving i preached from this same passage before i don't know how many times but thank you for speaking to my heart in a new and different way this time i pray for those that need to get up have a fortitude as you pass by to call out to you not for justice but for mercy I pray for those, Lord, who need to get out. They have your word in their hand. They have it in their heart and their mind. Just need to act on it from time to time. Help us to make a commitment to do that today. And then I pray for the getting back. That's all of us. Thank you for the way you've blessed us. Help us to show gratitude this morning for it. In Jesus' name, amen. I want to thank you for viewing our worship service. And if you would like to have information on how you can come to know Christ as your personal Lord and Savior, please feel free to contact our church. Mountain View Baptist Church is in Phil Campbell, and we would personally invite you to come and be our guest at one of our worship services. And if we can ever help you, minister to you, please contact us. But again, we thank you for tuning in and viewing our program. Thank you. May God bless you.